Well, I said in a year or two years. And that's the reason why I'm training her. But you don't know where you're going to serve it. I don't know who you want to make
I didn't just come to church this morning. I didn't just show up because I'm supposed to and need to. But God, I'm here for you. God, I want you to touch my heart and my life and my spirit. Would you pray that right now? God, I want you to do a work in my family. God, I want you to do a work in my children and my grandchildren. God, I want you to work in my neighbors and my community and on the job. I don't want to be a light in a dark world. Lord, I want to be a voice of hope in a, in a very despondent society. God, I, I, I just want to be a little light, God, for you who's the great light. Lord, let your light just shine through me and illuminate. Let your spirit illuminate me right now, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise right now? Our children's church, you can be dismissed in Jesus' name. It is good to be in the house of God. Somebody shout hallelujah for me. Oh, yes, God. What a mighty God we serve. Is anybody excited about what the Lord is doing in this place right now? If you are, go ahead and just glorify Him. Go ahead and Him, God. We great, great to be praised. I just worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It is so good to be in the house of God, and uh, it's great to see y'all. It's great to feel good. Man, last week I preached, I was sick, and recovering. I wasn't really sick anymore, but I was recovering. But today when I came in, I was excited because I felt 200% better. Praise God. I good. I will say they gave me steroids while I was sick. I never want steroids again if I don't ever have to have them. You know, my breathing was uh, was kind of tightened up, lungs were tightened up, and they gave those to kind of decrease the inflammation. But I'm gonna tell you what, they don't wear off after you let, after you take the last pill. And uh, I, I've been ravenous hungry. I'm, I'm talking. I eat every two hours, and I'm still hungry when I finish eating. And I'm hungry right now, so that may be your benefit. My wife, I'll get up at two o'clock in the morning. I'll go grab a bag of pretzels and grab a. Uh, trying to limit some of the calories: bag of pretzels, peanut butter crackers, and, uh, and a pack of cookies. Uh, it, it, that's at two, and then at four I'll get up again, and, and then uh, I'm like, these steroids have got to wear off. And I'll be honest, though, I'm not as nice as I usually am. <laughs> you know, it's bad when you know you're not being nice. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, you, you're like, I, I walked in and my wife looked at me the other day, and I'm like, I think I'm angry. And she's like, yeah, I think you are. <laughs> I said, I don't want to take those steroids. And she said, I don't want you to either. But all that's starting to wear off. So I'm good. I'm trying to talk her into coming up here preaching with me today. 
she's welcome. You're just going to slide. I, I, I believe the Lord spoke to me. And I'm going to be honest. If, if, if in the last few years God's ever spoken to me about a message, it's this one. So maybe it's for you. Maybe it's just for me. Jonah, chapter 1, verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared to thank you for standing for the honor of the Lord. Yeah, your Bible, I'll give you time to find Jonah 1. Anybody ever heard of Jonah before? Hey, to all of our guests, welcome. If it's your first time here at Life, it's awesome to have you with us. God bless you. Thank you for coming. And uh, wonderful to have you. Jonah, chapter 1. Uh, in I'm really not, but we'll, we'll talk as we go. The, the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Chapter 2, and this is really where my focus is. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And he said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice, for thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas. Just seeing how much snorkeling. And uh, I mean, absolutely, uh, fully modest, clothed, everything. But we went snorkeling, and she didn't take a life vest with her. She's a good swimmer. I I grabbed one. She didn't take any fins. I grabbed fins. And I'm out there swimming around. Just me and my business and looking at sea turtles and I'm seeing all this stuff. And about that time I feel this <laughs> on my back. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and she's like, I'm about to drown. <laughs> and, and, and so I gave her my, what do you do, guys? I gave her my life vest. I kept my fins, but I gave her my, and, and then I was about to drown. <laughs> Before she clarifies, I'll say this. At the one place, it was four dollars more to buy and rent a life. Okay, go ahead. She's Go ahead. No, no, at that place I really didn't want to pay the extra money because I do actually washed out. Um, I would rather save that and get a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Um, but so where he took me, y'all, I am a good swimmer, but not like 30 miles out in the ocean where all this coral is and where all the sharks and things are. I did not realize that the current was that bad out there. So we weren't just like off the shore, you know, where Sister C could just stand up and walk back. No. Brother took me like 30 miles out. So see, clarify, my friend. <laughs> see that face? We would have went to the next place. You, you, would have thought she would have, you, you would have thought she would have learned her lesson, right? About the life base. If we walk up to the desk, 
desk and they're like, it's $8 to rent the live vest. And she's like, I said, I'm getting one. And Lauren's like, I'm getting one. And I look at her. She's going to save her $4. <laughs> Until we get out there and she's like, <gasps> no. Because if you don't go through Dead Man Grief, has a reason, then you don't have to have a life jacket. Well, they wanted me to go, so he had to cough up the life jacket there again. All right, back into the ocean. See you, sir. Back into the ocean for a moment. He says, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou had cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas. Anybody ever been in the ocean? Have you ever, like I'm talking about major seas and, and, and swells and waves breaking and, and, and all that. I mean, it's beautiful, it's enormous, but it's powerful. Very powerful. And, and, and it says here, and he said, Thou cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas. And this is Jonah. And the floods compassed me about. And thy billows, if I'm not mistaken, the billows is where the waves really break hard. And, and, and thy billows, and, and waves passed over me. And I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Here's Jonah sinking. And, and, and this is what he says. Thou hast cast me out of thy sight. The righteous preacher is saying, God, you cast me out. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters come past me about. Here it is again. Even to the soul, the depth closed me round about. The weeds, the seaweed was wrapped around my head. I went to the bottoms of the mountains. Have you ever heard or, or known that, just, that there's so many mountains beneath the sea and it just, just continues to, to drop and drop? And here is Jonah dropping. And he says, I've got seaweed wrapped around my head. Looking up and the waves are breaking above me. And I went to the bottom of the mountains. And the earth with her bars was about me forever. I couldn't get up. I couldn't climb up. I couldn't get out. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted, you can only hold your breath if you're healthy for about two minutes. That's it. And, and, and he said, I fainted, or my soul fainted within me. And I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in into, the, into thy holy temple. They that I observe lying vanities will forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish. And it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. 
I've played around with different titles. The Lord had prepared a great fish, but I, I go back to this title. Jonah chapter 2. That's it. Jonah chapter 2 already. Jonah chapter 2. First lady, would you lead us in prayer? chapter 2. Now we're at chapter 2. You, I, want, I want you to realize it, the Syrians, the Ninevites, they've been in decline. They weren't as powerful as they once were. But and we're not really talking about chapter 1. We're talking about chapter 2. But I want to lay just a little groundwork. And, and, and so they have been cruel to Israel. They have been cruel to Judah. And they had tortured them. And even though now they're in decline, God is about to judge them. And have, have you ever been glad when someone's about to get judged? <laughs> have you ever wanted judgment to come? I mean, just if me, go ahead and be out, go ahead and raise your hand, you know, and whether it was... Uh, you know, you're you're watching court TV and, and this bad guy's there and that judge is about to lay the gavel down and, and make them pay. You had to go in there? Oh, okay. All right. You, you, you got to love judgment. You, you got to love judgment. And sometimes we love judgment a little too much, though. Jonah... Jonah, keep in mind, in chapter 1, he was righteous. And he loved judgment. Finally, these people that had been cruel to him and his people were getting what they deserved. Judgment's about to come. And then God calls him and tells him to go to those people and preach. Repentance. Jonah gets upset. He's angry because he knows God. And he knows this much about God. If God tells him to preach repentance, somebody's probably going to repent. And that means somebody's probably going to get forgiven. And Jonah is not really about them getting forgiven right now. And he is angry with the Ninevites because of the atrocities that they had committed. And he wants them to be judged. Judge them, God. And God tells him to go preach to them. Isn't God just a beautiful, loving, amazing, graceful God? And when our humanity is like, judge them. And God's like, no, I want to love them. 
and, and, and you, you got your enemy at work, and you're thinking, you're quoting the scripture, vengeance is mine, saying, the Lord, I will pay. And then all of a sudden, they come up to you, and they tell you, something's been different in me lately. And they ask, could you tell me a little about your church? And you're thinking, No, nobody. Okay. And, uh, he, he doesn't like it that God is about to give his enemy a chance. So what does he do? He flees. He knows better than God. You ever been there? Nobody's going to raise their hand right now. Right? You know a little better than God sometimes, right? You know, God, you believe them. You know they're lying. You know that's fake. And Jonah goes the other way. He jumps on the ship. What happens? We're not preaching about chapter one. What happens? Jumps on the ship. What comes up? Storm comes up. And... They know somebody's on that ship that's in trouble with God, right? And so, what? They cast lots, and who's the lot fall on? Jonah. So what's going to have to happen to Jonah? The storm's got to stop, so we're going to throw him overboard, right? I mean, that's how... Yeah, I, it's funny when people tell me in, in the church and they, they're, they're leaving the church or something like that, I got better friends in the world than I had in the church. Wait till the lot falls on you. Let's, let's see. In the church... People will love you. I'm not saying they won't ever, things don't happen. You don't have, have issues. I'm not saying that. But I am telling you in the world. When the lot falls on you, you get cast out of that group. Just the way it is. And, and, and so Jonah's here and, and he, knows, he, knows, he knows he's in trouble with God. And, and now I want you to think about this. Who is Jonah? He is a prophet. He is a preacher. He is a righteous man. He is living for God. I mean, he is—he's so holy. He wears white socks. They didn't have white socks back then, but you know what I mean. And, 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 and this guy is just the epitome of walking, talking, preaching, fire-breathing holiness. And all of a sudden, he finds himself at this place that God wants him to go preach here in Nineveh and he doesn't agree with God. He doesn't agree with him because he wants judgment to come. He's done with mercy and grace. He wants judgment to happen. But, well, if you've seen what happened to, to his friends, perhaps maybe he's got some reason or, or, or excuse. But the fact of the matter is this. He hears from God and he speaks the word of God. The problem is he hears from God. And he knows what God wants him to do. And he doesn't want to do it. Nope. Don't want to do that. Don't want to give them a chance. Don't want to give them an opportunity. I don't care how. Uh, God, I don't know you understand. I've got reasons to be angry with them. I've got reasons to be mad at them. I, I, in a court of law, they are guilty. And, but you got to realize here, here's the preacher. And sometimes preachers 
can get caught up in preaching that they forget to be Christians. I'm, I'm just telling the truth. Sometimes righteous people, Christians, can so easily get caught up in our righteousness. We, we, we need righteousness, but our righteousness is filthy rags next to him. We need it. I understand. we got to have it. But guess what? We can, as holy as you may be, you can allow your attitude about someone else to stink you up so bad that in truth you're not righteous anymore. And oh, but I've lived for God for this long. So had Jonah. Well, he's not really backslidden. I don't know what you think falling into the depths of hell is. But I think he's as backslid as Ike right now. And I don't know how, I don't know who Ike is or how backslid he is. I just always heard that phrase quite easily. He's the preacher, but he is on his path down. He is backsliding. He has walked away from the voice of God. When you walk away from what you know is right, and what you know to do right to make your own choice and your own decision, you are backsliding. No matter how long, well, I got it right. No. Well, do you know what they did, Pastor? Do you know how they treated me or how they treated my second cousin? You don't know what they did. You don't understand. I had to look at those things with my own I heard the stories. I had everybody go. They don't have a right. Jonah, you don't have a right to not do the will of God. So Jonah's a preacher. He was righteous. He was righteous. He was righteous until he was not. He was good until he chose not to forgive. He was, he was doing all right until he had a sour attitude. And he decided he wanted to nurse him a little. And he decided he wanted to take his baby's pacifier and put it in his mouth and suck on it for a little while. Oh, man, why are you looking at me funny? <laughs> He was backslidden because of his bad attitude. Anybody ever had a bad attitude? Well, I've been on steroids for two weeks. I know what I... I just got to pray through last night before I got up here and preach. You still have to have a personal relationship with God. You still have to repent of your sins. And he was righteous until he was not. And he backslid because of a bad attitude. He backslid because of bitterness in his heart. That's why he didn't backslide because he wanted to smoke the marijuana cigarette. He didn't backslide because he drank 
four beers, he didn't backslide because he looked at porn on the internet or on the magazine. I don't even know if they still have that stuff. He didn't backslide because he flirted with somebody at work or somebody at work flirted with him and he liked it when she flirted with him. He didn't backslide because of all these besetting sins that so easily would beset him. That's not why Jonah backslid. Jonah was in church. Jonah was living righteously. Jonah heard the voice of God and Jonah chose not to do the will of God in his life. He said, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm not going to listen to you, God, because I got a bad attitude, and I'm angry, and I'm a bitter guy, and I'm upset at those people that you're wanting me to go preach to. I know better than you do. God, I know better than you do. He wants judgment. And God wants grace. Nineveh would preach, would repent at the preaching of Jonah. God would spare their city for a season. We don't know if they're... Later, Nineveh was destroyed. Years later, perhaps their repentance was only temporary. I don't know. I'm just saying... Repentance is good, but if you don't keep it, uh, gotta keep it. Gotta keep repenting. Not good one day, and then all of a sudden you just get angry as you want to be, or do whatever you want to do because oh, oh we're gonna feel this. This is all uh, you, you know. And what was it in America when September 11th had it? Man, churches were having revival because people were running back to the altar and, and loving God a few years ago. Everything changes. Chapter 2. Chapter 2. Let's, let's move on past here. And, and let's get beyond Jonah's bitterness, okay? Let, let's get beyond. Uh, nobody's, anybody bitter right now? Let's move past the bitterness. Storms coming up. Ships rocking. People throwing Jonah over. We're beyond that. We're in chapter 2. Let's forget about that. Alright, look, look, Jonah, he ran from God in chapter 1. I understand Jonah was angry. He was this bitter old guy or bitter young guy. I don't know. Young guys can be bitter too. You ever been bitter? Have you, let me ask you this. Have you been, ever been saved and bitter? You ever been full of the Holy Ghost and bitter? You ever walk out of here talking them tongues on a Sunday and you just bless somebody out with 15 Christian cuss words? Because they pulled over in front of you. Because you own the road. You have full possession of it. They didn't fill your water up fast enough. Why are you getting water? Because I don't want to pay for a coat. <laughs> oh, you don't want to pay for a coat? You probably aren't going to want to pay for a tip, are you? Probably not. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on. 
I even have a chair up here. So let's forget chapter one. Let's leave that chapter one. Here is this guy in a fish's belly, all by his lonesome, having a pity party. But he doesn't have anybody to whine to. Nobody's watching him put his pacifier in his mouth. Not any of us. I never pout. Jonah can backslide and fall into the depths of the ocean, drowning and because he's not right with God. Guess what? I, I cannot be right with God. Sometimes you just got to repent. Sometimes I repent. I don't even know if I did anything. I'm just, just going to repent. God, if there's something, please clean it out of me. If you see something about my attitude, the sour. about those steroids next time. They make me angry. And I have to think about it. And then I have to eat to keep from getting angry. And then I have to eat again. And then I look at the scales and all this weight that I've lost since I had my heart attack one year ago, mind you. My massive MI, I'm here. Change my lifestyle. And I'm not even being hypocritical, and my sister Warren. She saw me last night. What I have on that plate. <laughs> Salad, yeah. And the tomatoes and cucumbers. Yeah. It's not the hamburger I had the day before in celebration of my one year, but. Leave that. That's chapter one. Let's move on to chapter two. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And he said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. It says, now listen to this, out of the belly of hell, Sheol cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Chapter 2, it doesn't matter how you got there. It doesn't matter what you did to get there. I'm not concerned about why you ran from God. I, I, I'm not focused on why you didn't listen to God. I'm not even focused about the bad attitude that you had. I'm none of that stuff. I'm focused on chapter 2. Let's turn the page. Alright? And in chapter 2, I'm glad I got some real Christians here. Chapter 2, you can sit around in your problem. You can have giant fish problems. Middle of the ocean, swallowed by a giant fish, got a problem, yeah. But whining, calling your friend, 
calling your 10 best spiritual advisors. And then calling the 10 people you know are not spiritual because you didn't like the answer you got from your 10 spiritual advisors. You're out of people to call. You got no signal in the belly of this fish. Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T doesn't work. And men sure ain't gonna work in there. Be cheap all you want to, you're not getting signal. You tell everybody about it, but nobody's around. And we tell everybody but God. Finally, when we get spiritual, we're ready to talk to God. But before that, we talk to our 10 spiritual advisors and our 10 definitely not spiritual advisors. Could God have you lonely right now? Because he wants to talk to you. Jonah in chapter 2 has a God-sized problem. Sister Betty, Brother John don't have the solution to a God-sized problem. Jonah says, I cried because of my affliction. He cried because his affliction was great. We'll go back to Ziklag, David, if you know that. David, David wept. He wept. He wept until he could weep no more. Can I tell you, whatever got you here, chapter one, weep about it, but then you got to move on past weeping. David wept. It isn't, it ain't, it's not, whichever your vernacular. My teachers just went. Until you finish weeping, you're really not ready for deliverance yet. You've got to get to a place where you're willing to let God be right. And usually that means i got to be willing to be wrong. Right? We don't like being wrong. We're Americans. <laughs> Praise God. I'm having fun over here, y'all. Not just crying about it. It's going to fix it. When all your ideas are exhausted, Okay? All your fixes. All your quick fixes. All your get rich quick schemes. Where you're like, you know what? That's just a pit I'm throwing my money into and losing it. I tried to throw a little money in the stock market. Little. The keto. Not much. I don't want you to. It started climbing, man. I was making ooh, 2%. I was excited. I looked, oh, I made $2. <laughs> Last few weeks, I, it's been tanking. I'm like, I'm just going to cash out, put my money back in my wallet. <laughs> so your ideas are exhausted. Your top ten spiritual advisors are exhausted. They are. 
They are. You've came to them with the same problem. They've given you the same solution. Ten times you've walked away, you've done something else, and then you come back to them, and you're like, and all the You've tried all your stuff and you're still in the belly of the fish all alone without service on your mint mobile chewing up already digested sardines. That's all you got to eat. Or license plates. Oh, they didn't have that back then, did they? Why is it every shark Something's got license. They, they pull a license plate out of the shark's belly. I mean, that was, or was that Jaws? Is that what that was? Oh, God. Yeah. Showing my age. It's this movie back in the 70s. And uh, until you get desperate enough. You, you see, Jonah had to get to where Jonah was willing to be wrong. Jonah had to get to where God was right. Jonah had to even get to a place where he would say, you know what, my thinking, it must be wrong because I'm wrong. And that means, God, that means God's right. I, that, that, that's, that's the place he had to get to, and, and he had to get desperate to get there. You see, like Jonah, we're, we're like Jonah. We want God on our terms. We want Him on our terms. We do. And it's awesome when we can have Him and His power and His glory and all these things. But it's on our terms now. Yeah, I got my list. I, I'm only going to go this far, God. And not Nineveh. <laughs> you start talking about Nineveh, I'm going to jump on a boat toward Tarshish, which is the other direction. I'm going back in chapter 1. Chapter 2. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compass me about, and all thy breaking seas are billows, and thy waves passed over me. And, and, and water. And have you ever been? I almost dove in this morning, but I didn't. Uh, I was afraid my iPhone would die. I almost. Guy was ready for church. I almost threw some swim gear on and jumped in my pool to just do this. Well, I was afraid my iPhone wouldn't make it through. Still got service. Then I said, anyway, the, the billows and our waves passed over me. Think about that. Here he is, the waves. Are, he, he's, I, I, I can only give this. He, he's telling this after the fact. He's describing what happened to him when he was thrown overboard. And here he was, he, he, he's, he's sinking. If you think about it, if you look at this scripture, he's sinking. He, he sees waves breaking above him and, 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 and all the seaweeds wrapping. Have you ever been in the ocean when seaweed is there? It'll ruin a nice day at the beach. I mean, you get out there and it's just, all that seaweed was just all over his face and the waves were crashing. And, 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 and he says this in verse 4. Now, I want you to think about, then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Until we get there. We're not ready to live life in God's terms. It's on our terms. But when we get here, 
when we get where Jonah was, where if I do what I want to do, I am out of his sight. He's not having anything to do with it until we can recognize it. But, oh, but, but sometimes we, we like to compromise the God and the church and the word of God. And, and, and God's not like that. Is he? I was cast out of that side. Jonah finally got ready for a God answer when he realized God wasn't anywhere around. And his stuff wasn't working. And he was stuck in his dilemma. And this desperation means this is how desperate you've got to get for God. Where you're wrong, he's right. Where you're not going to get your way and you're good with that. And where God's able to deal with you and all this stuff you've been going around to, well, I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to do that, or I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. You watch me, you wait, and sit, until all that's gone. He's going to work all that out until he gets you to the place that, he, that you are ready for whatever he's got. And, 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 and they're not going to get something. People are not going to get deliverance until they get here. Whether, whether it's from generational curses. And, and, and I believe we've got stuff in our life. Uh, and you're in the church. Well, I, I bound this curse. You might have. But guess what? Some people are still dealing with it. And, and, and I, when I was praying this morning, I, I realized sometimes uh, another generation may not have bound curses from two generations ago. And, 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 and so and, and it comes to this it's a I know better than God attitude and that I know better than God attitude is not going to get me anywhere and until I realize that I can't get out of the mess that I'm in because my solution that I've got and all my plans and all my, the things I've created on how to get out of this how to dig out of this mess how to overcome this and all those things until I get to, to the place that I don't know better than God Oh, can somebody give me an amen? And realize I got myself into this mess like that. My, my listening to me, look where it got me.
ways God sent the best for him. No matter how you got to chapter two, bad storm, thrown overboard, swallowed by a giant fish. Doesn't matter how you got here. Here you are. What are you going to do here? I cried by reason of my affliction. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, and thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, but I will look again toward thy holy temple. Debs closed me round about. The weak leads, he's on his way to hell. The weeds wrapped about my head. I went to the bottom of the mountains. The earth and her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. How long are you going to wait? The belly of hell, cast in the deep, midst of the seas, the waves have to crash over. Do you have to feel like you're beyond the reach of God to make a move toward God? Water's compassing you about, the depth's closing you up, the weeds wrapping around your head. You see the bottoms of the mountains. You have to faint. Did Jonah die then come back to life? Was he describing his death and subsequent resurrection here? Three days, types and shadows of Christ. Was he near death? Was he dead? You can hold your breath for about two minutes. Then you can't hold your breath anymore. At what point did that fish grab him? He was a preacher. But he had unrepentant sin in his life. If this preacher could go to Sheol, so can I. Maybe you're a preacher, prophet, teacher, singer, whatever. Christian. But we can all find waves crashing over us. What point did the fish swallow Jonah? At what point did the fish swallow Jonah? Traditionally, have you ever, how many, look at the pig pole, how many, have always thought the fish swallowing Jonah was judgment. Yeah? And how many, I mean, shark, whale, 
I mean, how many of you thought, well, what kind of fish was this? Or could it be? It could have been uh, uh, some Mufesa. <laughs> could have been a humpback whale. No, they're, they're, it could have been this. Could have been that, right? And, 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 but still and yet, it's judgment, right? That's what we feel like. It's judgment. That's what I feel like. Have you been, have you ever read about the great fish and you were scared of it? I mean, I don't want to be swallowed up by a great fish, right? So his dilemma, he even says, out of the belly of hell. And then he describes being in this great fish. And in the midst of the great fish, all of a sudden he feels he, like he's in this horrible place. He's in this terrible place. But can I propose to you just a different theory here this morning for a moment? What if the fish was not judgment, but was grace? What he cursed was actually his miracle. I just say, what, 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 what if this, what if this fish was the womb? For a resurrection miracle that kept him, what would have happened if he would have continued toward the bottom three days later? What would have happened if he would have laid on the bottom of that humongous ocean? It might not have been a great fish, but there would have been a lot of fish. But it says in Scripture, and this is what got me this morning. Now, the Lord had prepared a great fish. Now, this, this is me. This is me. This is not... Uh, this is me. Okay, this is not... It, 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 it's not definite. It's not any of that. But... What if what you curse is actually God's grace? What if the hardest trial you ever went through was not there to kill you, but it was to birth resurrection power inside of you? And that, 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 that thing you had 10 years ago or two years ago that you didn't think you were going to make it through, you didn't think you were going to live through, you thought it was going to kill you. You thought it was going to destroy you. You still have some PTSD, Dr. Parks, from what you went through when you went through that. And, and that all that fear of being in the belly of that fish, of being in the belly of that
don't know why I had to deal with that. I, I don't know why I had to have a heart attack a year ago. And, and wait, it's a miracle. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to show you the good side of it. But there's also laying in that bed. You know. Oh, I got to have this. Have you left me? 
You're fainting. But God is here. And He sent a mirror. And what you've been cursing is going to give birth to your mirror. What you thought was going to carry you is actually going to be your resurrection power. Spirit of the Lord is in this place. There's somebody that already ought to be up here at the altar. God is just, you're, you're in the belly of that fish and God wants that fish to release you at this altar this morning. This altar is that dry land that you've been looking for. This altar is that place
God's got a mission. God's got a plan. Would you come? Would you come? The Lord is in this place. Hallelujah. Yeah.
like I told you before. And they're going to hear you. They're going to listen to you. There's a calling in your life. I'm talking to somebody today. There's a calling in your life. God's reaching out to you. You've tried your best to sabotage it. You've done the best thing you can to really mess it up. God loves you. Would you come? I'm not going to talk anymore. The music's going to play. But the altar's open here. If you're not comfortable praying in the altar here, make an altar where you're at. If you got to move a seat around or push a pew, kneel down, lean over, grab a hold of the one in front of you. Just talk to God for a few moments. God loves you. God spoke to you today. God spoke to you today. And He's reaching for you. Preacher, I'm not ready. I got to do this or that. You got to put all those whatever is in the way of you and God. You got to remove that. And you got to say, God, whatever is your will, whatever is your plan, whatever is your... I'm here. Just draw me close to you. Draw me close to you. Hallelujah.
pray. If you are a guest, I'm going to invite you to my office. As soon as you go out those double doors, before you go out and exit, turn to the right, past Parks. Mr. Parks are in there to greet you for your first time guest. We would just like to take about three minutes, five minutes, meet you, talk with you, if you please drop by. Amen. God is good. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Brother Fowler is going to come and dismiss us in prayer. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're praying, continue to pray. Amen. What a word we heard today. A um, couple quick announcements before we pray. The ushers can go ahead and make your way. Friday and Saturday will be extreme weekend. That will be in the Georgia District Campgrounds. See Sister Christy Lynn for more details. Seats are limited, so if you want to go, you need to see her quickly. Um, Friday, Mommy and me, uh, Coffee and Uno at, at the Starbucks in Hinesville. Amen. So, again, we're so happy that each and every one of you came out. If it's your first time here, we, we're just so, so happy to have you with us. We're going to pray, and you can be dismissed. But as we pray, and you're dismissed, come give your offering, and then you, you're dismissed. God of heaven, we love you. We thank you today. God, for your presence, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we're so thankful today, God, for, for the privilege, God, the opportunity, God, to just stand in your presence. God, we thank you today for your blessings. We thank you for your goodness. We pray your blessings upon every household, God, every family. God, we pray that you would go with us, God, until we come again. We ask that you would use this offering, God, for the building of your kingdom. Multiply. God, let it be pressed down, shaken together, running over. God, we thank you. We praise you. Amen. Be dismissed, church, in Jesus' name.